Thank you very much, everybody. Grab your seats. That's great. Fantastic. Well, good morning. Welcome to Beacon Church. If this is the first time you're here, I want to give you a special welcome. Thanks for being here today. We really appreciate you taking time to be with us. Please, would you scan the QR codes at the back of your seats? If you are new here, it'll take you to a special welcome page on our website. They'll be able to give you all the information if you are a visitor with us. We would love to know you, uh, get to know you, and I'm sure you'd want to get to know a bit more about the church as well. And if you want to do that, there's opportunities to do that just there. Um, and uh, this is the part of our Sunday gathering where we read from the Bible and allow it to speak to our hearts. Um, I'm grateful once again for all of the leaders in crash and youth and kids, explorers, this multiple services and meetings and events going on right now as we speak in different parts of the building. So grateful for all of them. I wonder if one more time, Beacon Church, uh, in true Beacon Church style, we can appreciate the people who are serving in different parts of the building today. That's great. Fantastic. Thank you for all that you do for God and for His kingdom. Last Sunday, uh, I started a new series called Master Keys. Master Keys was basically a, a series or a series that I felt we needed to talk through the month of February where we were talking about different concepts that allows every single door to be open. Um, it's like a, a key that opens every door, even though um, there are certain keys that open certain doors, a master key opens all the doors. Now, this is what the dictionary definition of the master key is. It says, a key that opens several locks, each of which also has its own key. A key that opens several locks, each of which has its own key. And so, last week we looked at mercy, how mercy opens the doors to everything that life pertains to us. And um, um, there's things in our life that are spiritual that concern our spirit, there's things in our life that concern our mind, they're mental, the things in our life that concern our emotion, emotional, uh, physical, things about our body, relational, how we relate with each other, vocational, how we turn up at work or, or the purpose of God in your life or financial. And uh, can I say purpose is more than just the job uh, you do. Purpose is, is the reason for which you have put, been put here on earth. And we all have purposes. And sometimes it's just to turn up to work. But it's more than that. It's to be a friend, a sister, a mother, a father, a grandfather, a son, a daughter. We have lots of things that God has called us to be. And uh, there are certain keys that open absolutely every door to our lives. And mercy is one of them. There are things about our past, our present, our future. There are things about our, our fears, our, our successes. And all of these things uh, have different principles that help it to flourish and help it not to flourish. How many of you know that God does not do partiality? He does not like me more than you, or he does not like you more than me. He loves everybody the same. And God's love is same and equal for absolutely everybody, but the level or the degree to which all of our lives flourish different. is different. So we can all be children of God. We can all be followers of Jesus Christ. And um, we all flourish in different areas in different ways. And, and uh, that's why it's important not just to know the love of God and the forgiveness of God that has made us children of God. It's also important to know the ways of God so that we can apply those principles uh, and flourish in life. You see, I've got two kids. 
they are not 88% human or 99% human. They are 100% human. They are my children. They're not kind of like hoping to be my child one day. They are 100%. They are, they are my children. They are loved. They are accepted. And any person that says yes to Jesus is 100% loved, accepted, and belonging to the family of God. You are a child of God. Nothing about that changes. But as my children have been going to school, you can see them flourish in different areas. And my son loves, uh, loves computers. He loves science. He doesn't, he doesn't like writing. He loves reading. There's different areas that he's flourishing. And that doesn't mean that if he's not flourishing in one area, he's not my child. And, and if he is flourishing in another area, suddenly he is my child. It doesn't mean that I love him more because he loves reading. And I love him less because he doesn't like writing. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is everybody flourishes to different degrees. My son, my daughter, they are loved unconditionally. They are loved un, you know, without any condition, without any regret. So I want you to know that these things that we're talking about in the month of February, Master Keys, has got nothing to do with your forgiveness. It's got nothing to do with you being a child of God. You are a child of God because of what Jesus has done on the cross, his death, his burial and resurrection has made it possible for you to be a child of God. What we are talking about the month of February is flourishing. My son at the moment is flourishing in his reading. He doesn't really like writing. That does not because I love him more or I love him less. It's just the way he's wired. And one of the things God has, God's desire for us is that we will flourish. We will prosper. The Bible says this, beloved, as one of the apostles was writing, one of the church leaders was writing to a church. He says, it is my desire that you flourish and you prosper in all things. So God's desire is for us not just to be children of God, but that we flourish and prosper. How many of you want that? that? You're not just a child of God, but that you flourish and you prosper in all things. And last week we looked at how when we apply the mercy of God onto our lives, it's one of those master keys that open everything that causes every area of our life to flourish. And so today I want to look at the second thing that, uh, that I think will open all the doors to our lives. And by the way, there are four weeks in this, uh, in this month and we're going to be looking at four concepts. And doesn't mean that these are the only four concepts concepts. There'll be much more, I'm sure, in the Word of God. These are the things that I've discovered and I apply into my life, and I hope that they'll be a blessing to you. The second concept I want to talk about, mercy is number one. In case you missed it, it doesn't mean that you won't be able to follow along today, because every sermon, every talk is a standalone sermon in itself, and if you want to catch up on what last week was, it's up on our podcast. You're more than welcome to go and have a listen. So the second concept I want to look at today is the concept of honor. Honor. Honor is a master key that unlocks every other key in our life. It's a, it's a concept. It's, it's something that if you apply to your life, um, if you don't apply to your life, it's not like God will love you any less. You are loved unconditionally. But I have seen the lives of people flourish uh, because they are just on the receiving end of mercy. They don't, they don't look at their own pedigree to flourish in life. They are so dependent on God's mercy. And if that is applied, I will promise you that your life will begin to flourish. But if you will apply the concept of honor, you will begin to find that many, many areas of your life will begin to flourish. It will begin to have fruit. It will begin to have value, significance. You will add value to the world you're in. You'll become a problem solver to the problems in the world because honor is a master key that unlocks every other key. I want to look at some of the ways that applies. And again, this is not 
an exhaustive list of how honor is, is applicable in the word of God across all things. But I want to look at some of the things that we can do or some of the things I practice anyway that enables, I believe, my life to flourish. So we're going to look at the first verse, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. And then when you look at Matthew 23, 23, as well as Malachi 3, verse 6, 6 to 12. So Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with vine. This concept that whenever you get wealth or money, you put God first. You don't put everything else first and then you kind of slot God in. You put God first when it comes to wealth. And he says, if you do that, your barns will be plenty and your vats will be bursting with, with wine. One of the things that we do here at Beacon Church is we encourage people to bring their tithe to honor God. Anytime that somebody is used by God to be a blessing to them, or whether it's through their employment, that we honor God with our tithe. Tithe simply means 10%. One day Jesus was having this conversation and he had to clarify what that was. So let's read this in Matthew 23 verse 23. He's speaking to some, some religious leaders of the day. And Jesus says to, to them, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So in other words, Jesus is not saying that um, you can, he's not saying you can pick and choose. He's saying they're both important. Justice and mercy and faithfulness is important. Just as you think it's important to tithe on the mint and the dill and the cumin. Back in the day, the economy was built around farming. So whenever there'd be fruit from whatever they have put their investment into, they would go and tithe. And even if that meant mint was growing in their garden, they'd take 10% of their mint and bring it to the temple of the Lord and dedicate it as holy because the tithe is holy to the Lord. And some of these people were tithing, but they were neglecting the weightier matters of the Lord just Justice and mercy and faithfulness. And Jesus says, these you ought to have done without neglecting others. Now, the other thing this thing uh, is showing us, or this verse is, is teaching us, or Jesus is trying to prove, is that he says, you've got to separate mercy and tithing. They're not the same. Mercy and faithfulness and justice and tithing are not the same. Because sometimes we can say, you know what, I tithe. Why? Because I have mercy on people. I look at people who are needy and I help them out every time and then. That's okay. That's okay. Do that. That's being merciful. That's being kind. That's, that's being faithful. That's okay. But don't try and, 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 and confuse the two and say, because I've been merciful, now I don't need to tithe. No, no. They go hand in hand and you have to honor the Lord. Why? Because the principle of the tithe is not, a cover, it's not something that's found in the old covenant. It predates the law. It starts all the way from Adam and it's found all the way back to the book of Hebrews. And it says, listen, honor God. Now, if you don't do this, it doesn't mean that God is going to be angry with you. It doesn't mean that you're going to be unforgiven now. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are a child of God. But I believe honor is a key that unlocks every door to your life. And I want to encourage you, if you want to see every area of your life flourishing and prospering, honor God. Put God first when it comes to money. It is a principle that works. 
There are some promises that are given. I believe there are six or seven that are given. Why is it a master key? Watch this in Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 to 12. This is what it says. For I say, I the Lord do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, you are not consumed. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statues and you have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how do we return to you? Will man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, how have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Watch this. Number one, that there may be food in my house. Thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. Number two, if I will not open up a window of heaven for you and pour out a blessing until there is no more need. Number three, I will rebuke the devourer for you. Number four, it will not destroy the fruits of your soil. Number five, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear. Number six, verse 12, then all the nations will call you blessed. And the next one, and you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. You see, this opens every door to your life. Your fruit, your joy, your delight, your prosperity, how people view you, your relationship, all of this is linked to putting God first. And we can honor God in so many ways. And one of the ways we can put God first is every time we are blessed, we can say to God, God, I want to put you first. You are not second. You will never be third. You will never be fourth in my life. I will put you first in my life because I want to see my life flourishing and prospering in every area of my life. It's been 21 years since I've started to minister. I am yet to see somebody say, because I have put God first, my life did not flourish. I have always seen testimony after testimony saying, every time I honor God and I put Him first, blessings that I did not even deserve have been chasing me down, hunting me down, hunting my family down. If you are here and you knew and that you know that God has been kind and merciful to you, and when God looked at you, He didn't give you his second best he gave you his best in jesus christ then you ought to also respond and say god you deserve my best and i will put you first in my life honor unlocks the key to everything every good thing in your life we honor god with our wealth secondly we honor god through uh through the way we bring or we relate to people. Let's have a look at uh, some of these verses that's found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, and then we'll read Hebrews 13 and 17 as well. It says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. Honor your father and mother in the Lord, one version says. Now, I do understand that many of you grew up with authority figures that maybe abused you, maybe took advantage of you. And so I want to clarify that the Bible is specifically talking about honoring the people in your world who are part of authority figures in the Lord. And so if somebody is taking advantage of you, run. If somebody is abusing you, Take them to the police. Whatever it is that you need to do to protect yourself, do that. But there are some godly authority figures in the church and in your world that God has placed. And look at verse 3. He says, if you honor them, what will happen? It will be well with you. It's, it's like a blank check. 
It's not like your finance will be well or your health will be well or your relationship. It will be well with you. It's like a blank check that's given to you to say, make sure when you live in community, if you've got authority figures in your world, make sure you treat them with honor because it is a master key that unlocks the locks to every area of your life. It's a blank check. It will be well with you and you will live long in the land. I I don't know about you, but I want to have not just a long life. I want to have a long life that's well with me. I want everything to be well with me. And if that's what I want, then that's one of the keys that God encourages us to do or to operate or to act in so that it will be well with us. Let's look at the next one. And, And that's found in Psalms chapter 22 and verse 3, as well as Acts 16. Psalm 22 and verse 3 says, Yet you you are holy, you are enthroned on the praises of your people. You see, one of the things we do every time we come together as a church is that we not only honor God with our tithes, we not only honor God with, with showing honor to the people that are leaders in the church and in our world, but we honor God through worship. We honor God through worship. I don't know. How many of you ever, when you were a child, you played the game of musical chairs? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody don't know what musical chairs was? You have no idea. Actually, can we have a demo, Mark? Can we play musical chairs? Give me one chair and two volunteers. Media team, have you got some music for us that you can play? You're ready? Who's going to play for us? You've got two volunteers. Come on, give them a hand. They're going to come and play musical chairs. Husband and wife. You read well. Music's playing, so go. Uh. Don't don't look up there. Uh. One more time. One more time. One more time. Shall we do best of three? Shall we do best of three? Let's see who goes second. There you go. We don't need to do the third one because Kelly is one. Come on, give them a round of applause. That's great. See, there were two people, but there was only one chair. Do you know in your world, there is only one throne and it is taken? His name is Jesus. Now, you can either compete with him or like Stu did, he can, he can let Kelly have the chair. Do you see that? That's why he was a smart man, smart man, wisdom, let his wife win, it's what you do, husbands take note, it's what you do. There's too, too many competing people in your world, too many competing voices, too many competing priorities, too many competing things in your world, but there's only one throne. You can either choose to enthrone Jesus or you can choose to take that throne yourself. One of the best ways to say, Jesus, you remain on the throne. You are my king. Can we put that verse up again? You are my king and nobody else. You can say, God, I am going to enthrone you. I'm going to enthrone you, enthrone you. There's lots of bits in the news nowadays, isn't it, about possibility of Charles and Camilla both becoming king and queen. There's lots of articles on how the 
coronation, the enthroning is going to happen. For a follower of Jesus Christ, we enthrone Christ, his king, through our praise. Through our praise. We honor God through our praise. We honor God through our worship. There's, there's just one throne in your world, and you can either choose to praise or you can choose not to praise. Either way, God will love you. Either way, you are forgiven. Either way, you are a child of God. But I promise you there are things in your world that are waiting to flourish because they're waiting for you to praise God in spite of the circumstances. They're waiting for you to say, you know what? For the first time, I am not going to be ashamed. I'm not going to look at, be self-conscious. I am actually going to come and lift my hands and raise my voice, sing that song. And I am going to praise Jesus because I am going to enthrone Christ. The Bible says he is enthroned on the praises of his people. Another version says he is, he inhabits the praises of his people. Whether you want God to inhabit in your world or be enthroned in your world depends on whether you honor God with your praise. And I know that when we come to church like this and Beacon Church, we love to praise, we love to worship, we love to lift our hands, we love to raise our voices. We know that across this world and across this country, this weekend in football stadiums all across this country and other stadiums all across the world, people were singing and and praising and lifting up the voice of many celebrities and sport champions. And, and that's great. But we believe that the name of Jesus is bigger than football and tennis. And of any celebrity that exists in the world. So we are unashamed of praising him. But can I encourage you to do that on a Monday as well. Do that on a Tuesday. Do that on a Wednesday. Do that on a Thursday. Do that on a Friday. Do that on a Saturday. Do it when you're driving. Do it when you're going to bed. Do it when you're doing the dishes in the kitchen. Do it when you're cooking do it whenever because there is just one throne and you can either choose to sit on that throne or you can choose to have Jesus there Mark would you bring that chair up because there is just one throne in your life and sometimes there are many things that contribute to 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 other things taking that throne maybe we can read this verse if if the media team are ready um I've got a, another verse in Scripture. I think it's First Chronicles chapter 20. And we read this amazing, incredible story. Sorry, first, uh, yeah, First Chronicles chapter 20. Can we see if that's the reference I'm talking about? Where King Jehoshaphat is, is, um, is going into battle. And uh, he doesn't know what to do. And, and his eyes are on God, and, and, and he says, this, this, this king is, is too big for us. We don't know what we're going to do. And, and he's under attack. He's under pressure. He's, he's absolutely just gutted that there is so much pressure. And you see, sometimes pressure takes the seat. What am I going to do? Worry takes the seat. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Concern takes the seat. I'm too weak. I'm not qualified. I'm not good enough. I'm too small. I'm not educated. What if I fail? King Jehoshaphat, he was leading this entire nation. And everybody began to be afraid and panic. And, 
And the Bible says after he prayed, he he appointed some people and he said, let's just sing. And they began to sing and he said, give thanks to the Lord our God and King. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord our God and King. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord our God and King. His love endures forever. And the Bible says this, as soon as they began to sing, God intervened. And his enemies were scattered. Why? Because they enthroned him through praise. They, they, they let worry move out of the way so God could have his way. There's another story in the book of Acts chapter 16 where it talks about Paul and Silas. They're being thrown into prison for no No crime. About midnight, the Bible says, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately, how many doors? All the doors were opened. All the doors. Not some of the doors. Not most of the doors. But all of the doors were open. And everyone's bonds were unfastened. Do you see them praying in that story? No. Do you see them crying in that story? No. I'm sure they prayed. But the Bible says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened. And everyone's bonds were unfastened. You see, praise has the ability not just to open your prison door. It has the ability to open the prison doors of those in your influence. There are sometimes I'm so tired that I can't pray. There's sometimes I'm so tired that I can't praise. And what I do is I get on the phone with a friend and I say, man, I'm so tired. But would you just praise the Lord? I'll listen in. And my friends will say, that's fine. So just stay. Some some of my friends will say, just go to bed. Just, Just lie down. Put the phone next to your ear. And I'll just put it on speakerphone and lie down because I'm so exhausted. I can't even pray or read the Bible or praise. But in the presence of praise, God is enthroned. In the presence of praise, God feels at home. In the presence of praise, he takes his rightful place and prison doors of not just the prison that Paul and Silas was in, The Bible says all of the doors were opened. All of the doors were opened. I wonder whether sometimes the reason you've had your breakthrough is not really because you've praised, but you've been in an atmosphere, you've been in an environment where other people have been praising. That's why it's so important to invest your time to be here on a Sunday. Why? Because you may not necessarily have the faith. You may not be feeling on top of the world. Some of you have enjoyed blessings of God because you've come here and you've not really praised. You've not really given God your best. You've not really lifted your hands. You've been self-conscious. You've been worried. You don't want to lift your voice in case what people think. It's not my personality. It's not my type. I don't want to do that. But just because you're in an environment, there are a few people in this room that are unashamed of praising God. They're unashamed of lifting their voice. They're unashamed 
kind of enthroning God as king because they just have to look at their lives and see where God has brought them from. And they know if it was not for God on their side, they would not have made it. And so when an opportunity comes to praise God, when an opportunity comes to lift his name, when an opportunity comes to honor God with praise, they give it their very best. I promise you, just because you are in the environment of somebody that is enthroning Jesus, there are chains and prison doors in your life that will begin to break because praise is a powerful weapon. And it's not just powerful for your life. It's powerful for the environment around you. That's why I love hanging around people who praise God above the strength of their prison doors. They they exalt God above the strength of the chains that have bound them. It's not because these guys were in a comfortable place and and they were they were they were actually before that they, they were even they were even beaten and they were whipped and there there was probably wounds on their body. It was not that there was music playing there. It was not that it was all perfect and hunky dory. But the Bible says they started to sing hymns to God. There is something about magnifying and honoring. God that puts him on the throne and says, listen, I will not exalt your name above the name of the chains that bind me. I will not exalt your name above the names of the prison doors that have shut me in. I will not exalt your name above the names of the things that have caused me to be limited and stagnant in my life. Whatever happens, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continuously be upon my lips. And if you do that, change can be broken prison doors can open and there is something about the honor of God through your words through your praise through your songs that puts him on the throne he inhabits he feels at home he's enthroned on the praises of his people honor When you honor God, when you honor God with your wealth, when you honor God and how you treat people, when you honor God with how you worship, it's a master key. Immediately, all the doors were opened. Not some of the doors. All the doors were opened. And not some people's, not most people's. Everyone's bonds were unfastened. I wonder what could happen in your world If you practiced the key of honor, the key of honor, every time you have wealth in your world, honor God. Every time you are encountering somebody who has been placed in authority over you, you honor them. Not just with your word, with your life and how you follow them and how you respond to instruction, you honor. You don't have to. But in 21 years, I have never seen anyone say, because I practiced the key of honor, My life has not changed. I promise you it will change and it will transform your life. Today we have an opportunity to say, God, I want to choose to apply this key in my life. Like I said, these are keys that are not just applicable on a Sunday. These are keys that are applicable in every aspect and area of our lives. And today we're going to do that. We're going to practice honor. And for some of you, you need to make a decision to begin to tithe. And some of you, you need to tithe again because you're regularly doing it. But bring the reverence back to it and say, God, this is me saying you are first. You will never be second in my life. You are first. You will always be first. 
Some of you who have had bad experiences with ungodly leadership in your world, you are bringing that into your current world and you're saying, no, I've been hurt before, so I will not honor. I'm telling you the only person that is losing out or missing out is not them, it's you. So you can choose today to honor or you can choose to dishonor. Or you can choose your worry, your neglect, your pain, your unbelief, unanswered prayers feeling disqualified discouraged you can choose all of that to take the throne or like we read in psalms 22 you can enthrone him through your praise enthrone god through your praise he inhabits he takes a seat he comes down into prisons in an atmosphere of praise which is it that you want i know how i want to live I want to live a life where I will always put God in my money, with my money. I want to live a life where I always honor godly leadership that God has set above me. I want to live a life where no matter how I feel, no matter how many chains have bound me, no matter how many prison doors have shut me in, I make a decision to praise. I've heard people say, I don't lift my hands because I'm waiting for the Spirit to prompt me. I don't really speak in tongues because I'm waiting for the Spirit to prompt me. I don't even, I don't praise because I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to prompt me. That's like a husband and a wife relationship. And the husband says to the wife, well, I'll buy her dinner when she prompts me. I buy her a rose when she prompts me. I'll tell her I love her when she prompts me. That's not how relationships work, my friend. That's how robots work. That's not how relationship works. A relationships works. A relationships work when there is not prompting, but there is an inner desire to say, whether God says it or not, He is worthy of my praise. Whether God says it or not, He's worthy of my tithe. Whether God says it or not, He's worthy of me showing honor to leaders. Whether God says it or not, He's worthy of my praise. When I'm in chains and prison doors, I will make sure He's enthroned on my praise. How many want to live that way? How many of you want to use that as a master key in your life? I promise you, your life will never be the same again. For a moment of concentration and privacy, will you close your eyes? We're going to pray. And some of you need to make a decision today and say, God, I'm going to decide to use this key in my life. I'm going to use this principle in my world. I'm going to make sure that God is first. Those of you who are regularly used to the practice of tithing for putting by putting God first in the way income comes in your world and you know that you put him first you honor him with your tithe why don't you take a decision right now make take make take a prayer take a make a moment to to pray take a moment to talk to God and say God I renew my commitment to put you first I renew my commitment to honor you why don't we take a few moments to thank him that you've got clothes to wear. Come on, do it. Don't take that for granted. There are people in the world who don't have that, that you've got a home to live in. Come on, tell him, say thank you. Jesus said, don't confuse mercy and the tithe. The two are different. Mercy ought to be done without leaving the tithe undone. Why? Because tithing is not giving to God. It's returning to God what's already his. Mercy is when you, out of the love and the compassion of your heart, help people who are in need and that needs to be done too. Today, 
Maybe you are in a place where you're confused with the two and you say, I don't really need to tithe because I, I help people in need. I help people who are struggling, who are poor, and that's okay. Mercy needs to be practiced. But let's practice honoring God today. Some of you need to renew your commitment to do that. Why don't you just talk to God? Thank you, Jesus. Father, today I pray that the fire of God will fall on every commitment. The fire of God will fall on every sacrifice. The fire of God will fall on every person that says yes to putting you first. And some of you may be here and you say, man, I have never done that. I feel so much under pressure. You see, God doesn't want you to live and act out of pressure. Ask God to give you the faith and the revelation to tithe. Don't do it because you're afraid. Do it because you love. Don't do it because I said it. Do it because you love Jesus. Don't do it because it's written somewhere. Do it because you, you have a personal revelation that it is one of the love languages of God, that you honor God with your tithe. And some of you have never done that before, but you need to start putting God first. Why don't you say, Holy Spirit, talk to me. Give me the faith and the confidence to do that. This I know, wherever there is sacrifice, wherever there is obedience, wherever there is surrender, God's favor is released in every area of your life. Thank you, Jesus, for the decisions that are being made this morning. Some of you need to decide today that you will have a fresh honor for those who are in godly authority in your life. I'm not talking about ungodly authority. I'm talking about godly authority. Whatever that is, godly authority. To say, Lord, I will not be familiar. I will not take it for granted. I will bring my submission and my obedience to godly authority in my world. Some of you need to make a fresh commitment today to honor him. Because when you do that, it will be well with you. It is a blank check. It will be well with you. It will be well with you. Father, I pray for every person that's making that decision. I pray in Jesus' name that they will be blessed in every aspect and area of their life and finally some of you need to make a decision to praise God to honor God to put him first I wonder if for a moment you can think about your own chains your your own prison doors your own places that have bound you and you think gosh I am in prison for no fault of my own Paul and Silas were in prison not because they made any mistakes they were in prison because they made no mistake all they did was to talk tell people about Jesus and they were put in prison because of that but today you will take a decision say in spite of my chains in spite of my prison doors I will praise him I will praise him make a decision to enthrone him there is only one throne in your life and you can either enthrone Christ there or you can allow other things to be enthroned come on praise him through the worry praise him through the unbelief praise him when you don't feel like it it's it's the best way to praise him the best moment to praise him is when you don't feel like it 
the best moment to praise him is when you don't feel like it because that is your flesh standing in the way and saying i don't feel like it we don't praise because we feel we praise because jesus is worthy we don't praise because we feel we praise because the king of kings and the lord of lords has to be enthroned on our lives so right now in one two when i counted three all over this place i wonder if you can release praise right now from your lips those of you who have the gift of speaking in other languages and praising god through the gift of tongues why don't you do that let's praise god today and i want you to take a moment to especially remember your chains especially remember the prison doors and in spite of them i wonder if across this room we can release wave after wave of praise are we ready let's go one two three let's praise jesus all over this place in spite of the chains in spite of the prison doors in spite of what you're going through don't be conscious of who's around you don't be conscious of who is next to you don't be conscious of who is beside you praise him he is worthy of it enthrone him there is only one throne and it is taken put jesus there on that throne Put Jesus on that throne. Put Jesus on that throne. Put Jesus on the throne. Put Jesus on the throne. Lord, we honor you. Let every prison door be open right now in Jesus' name. Let the chains be broken right now in Jesus' name. Let the atmosphere of breakthrough come into this house in Jesus' name. Lord, we praise you. Some of us are going through pain, but we praise you anyway. Some of us are confused, but we praise you anyway. Some of us are tired, but we praise you anyway. Some of us are lonely, but we praise you anyway. Some of us have been waiting for a long time for answered prayers, but we praise you anyway. Some of us are, are confused why you have not come through at a time when we thought you would come through, but we praise you anyway. We praise you not because we feel like it. We praise you because Jesus is worthy. We praise you because your hands were nailed. We praise you because your feet were nailed. We praise you because your back was whipped. We praise you because your beard was plucked. We praise you because there was a crown of thorns driven into your skull. We praise you because you were stripped naked. And you were not ashamed to give us your best. So we give you our best. We give you our praise. We give give you our honor we give you our worship we give you our adoration we say you are worthy you are worthy and you are worthy of our praise you are worthy you are worthy you are worthy jesus you are worthy you are worthy you are worthy you are worthy lord you are worthy, O Lord. Worthy of every praise. Worthy of all our honor. Worthy of all our adoration. Worthy of all the glory. Worthy of all the respect. Worthy of all the gratitude. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. We enthrone you on our praises. 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 For the, on our account of our praise 
If there are prison doors that need to be opened today, we command every prison door that needs to be opened. Open now in Jesus' name. Open now in Jesus' name. Open, 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 open in Jesus' name. Open in Jesus' name. Open in Jesus' name. If there are chains that need to be broken, if there are chains that need to be loosed, if there are chains that need to be untied, chains of addiction, chains of depression, chains of oppression, chains of unbelief, chains of diseases, chains of mental illness, chains of the past, chains of the present, chains of the future. We dare to believe through the enthroning of Jesus through our praise. Let the chains break. Let the chains break. Let the chains break. Let the chains break in Jesus name. Let it break. Let it break. Let it break. Let it break. Jesus, we honor you. We honor you. You are worthy of being first. You are worthy of being first. Our mind may not like it. Our emotions may not like it. Our flesh may not like it. Our temperament may not like it. Our personality may not like it. But in Beacon Church, Lord, you are first. You will always be first. Tradition will not be first. Familiarity will not be first. Our preferences will not be first. Our desires and wants will not be first. You will be first. You will be first. You will be first. You will be first in our spirit. You will be first in our mind. You'll be first in our emotions. You will be first. In everything that we do, you are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Come on, for a couple of minutes, give him your undivided attention. Your undivided attention. And give him your praise. Tell him that you honor him. give an opportunity for those who have never given their life to Jesus to put your trust. Thank you very much, everybody. Grab your seats. That's great. Fantastic. Well, good morning. Welcome to Beacon Church. If this is the first time you're here, I want to give you a special welcome. Thanks for being here today. We really appreciate you taking time to be with us. Please, would you scan the QR codes at the back of your seats? If you are new here, it'll take you to a special welcome page on our website. They'll be able to give you all the information if you are a visitor with us. We would love to know you, uh, get to know you, and I'm sure you'd want to get to know a bit more about the church as well. And if you want to do that, there's opportunities to do that just there. Um, And uh, this is the part of our Sunday gathering where we read from the Bible and allow it to speak to our hearts. Um, I'm grateful once again for all of the leaders 
in crash and youth and kids explorers this multiple services and meetings and events going on right now as we speak in different parts of the building so grateful for all of them i wonder if one more time beacon church uh, in true beacon church style we can appreciate the people who are serving in different parts of the building today that's great fantastic thank you for all that you do for god and for his kingdom Last Sunday, uh, I started a new series called Master Keys. Master Keys was basically a, a series or a series that I felt we needed to talk through the month of February where we were talking about different concepts that allows every single door to be open. Um, it's like a, a key that opens every door, even though um, there are certain keys that open certain doors, a master key opens all the doors. Now, this is what the dictionary definition of the master key is. It says, a key that opens several locks, each of which also has its own key. A key that opens several locks, each of which has its own key. And so, last week we looked at mercy, how mercy opens the doors to everything that life pertains to us. And um, um, there's things in our life that are spiritual that concern our spirit, there's things in our life that concern our mind, they're mental, the things in our life that concern our emotion, emotional, uh, physical, things about our body, relational, how we relate with each other, vocational, how we turn up at work or, or the purpose of God in your life or financial. And uh, can I say purpose is more than just the job uh, you do. Purpose is, is the reason for which you have put, been put here on earth. And we all have purposes. And sometimes it's just to turn up to work. But it's more than that. It's to be a friend, a sister, a mother, a father, a grandfather, a son, a daughter. We have lots of things that God has called us to be. And uh, there are certain keys that open absolutely every door to our lives. And mercy is one of them. There are things about our past, our present, our future. There are things about our, our fears, our, our successes. And all of these things uh, have different principles that help it to flourish and help it not to flourish. How many of you know that God does not do partiality? He does not like me more than you, or he does not like you more than me. He loves everybody the same. And God's love is same and equal for absolutely everybody, but the level or the degree to which all of our lives flourish different. Is different. So we can all be children of God. We can all be followers of Jesus Christ. And um, we all flourish in different areas in different ways. And, and uh, that's why it's important not just to know the love of God and the forgiveness of God that has made us children of God. It's also important to know the ways of God so that we can apply those principles uh, and flourish in life. You see, I've got two kids. They are not 88% human or 99% human. They are 100% human. They are my children. They're not kind of like hoping to be my child one day. They are 100%. They are, they are my children. They are loved. They are accepted. And any person that says yes to Jesus is 100% loved, accepted, and belonging to the family of God. You are a child of God. Nothing about that changes. But as my children have been going to school, you can see them flourish in different areas. And my son loves, uh, loves 
computers. He loves science. He doesn't, he doesn't like writing. He loves reading. There's different areas that he's flourishing. And that doesn't mean that if he's not flourishing in one area, he's not my child. And, and if he is flourishing in another area, suddenly he is my child. It doesn't mean that I love him more because he loves reading. And I love him less because he doesn't like writing. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is everybody flourishes to different degrees. My son, my daughter, they are loved unconditionally. They are loved un, you know, without any condition, without any regret. So I want you to know that these things that we're talking about in the month of February, Master Keys, has got nothing to do with your forgiveness. It's got nothing to do with you being a child of God. You are a child of God because of what Jesus has done on the cross, his death, his burial and resurrection has made it possible for you to be a child of God. What we are talking about the month of February is flourishing. My son at the moment is flourishing in his reading. He doesn't really like writing. That is not because I love him more or I love him less. It's just the way he's wired. And one of the things God has, God's desire for us is that we will flourish. We will prosper. The Bible says this, beloved, as one of the apostles was writing, one of the church leaders was writing to a church. He says, it is my desire that you flourish and you prosper in all things. So God's desire is for us not just to be children of God, but that we flourish and prosper. How many of you want that? that? You're not just a child of God, but that you flourish and you prosper in all things. And last week we looked at how when we apply the mercy of God onto our lives, it's one of those master keys that open everything that causes every area of our life to flourish. And so today I want to look at the second thing that, uh, that I think will open all the doors to our lives. And by the way, there are four weeks in this, uh, in this month and we're going to be looking at four concepts. And doesn't mean that these are the only four concepts. There'll be much more, I'm sure, in the Word of God. These are the things that I've discovered and I apply into my life. And I hope that they'll be a blessing to you. The second concept I want to talk about, mercy is number one. In case you missed it, it doesn't mean that you won't be able to follow along today because every sermon, every talk is a standalone sermon in itself. And if you want to catch up on what last week was, it's up on our podcast. You're more than welcome to go and have a listen. So the second concept I want to look at today is the concept of honor. Honor. Honor is a master key that unlocks every other key in our life. It's a, it's a concept. It's, it's something that if you apply to your life, um, if you don't apply it to your life, it's not like God will love you any less. You are loved unconditionally. But I have seen the lives of people flourish uh, because they are just on the receiving end of mercy. They don't, they don't look at their own pedigree to flourish in life. They are so dependent on God's mercy. And if that is applied, I will promise you that your life will begin to flourish. But if you will apply the concept of honor, you will begin to find that many, many areas of your life will begin to flourish. It will begin to have fruit. It will begin to have value, significance. You will add value to the world you're in. You'll become a problem solver to the problems in the world because honor is a master key that unlocks every other key. I want to look at some of the ways that applies. And again, this is not an exhaustive list of how honor is is applicable in the word of God across all things. But I want to look at some of the things that we can do or some of the things I practice anyway that enables, I believe, my life to flourish. So we're going to look at the first verse, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. And then when you look at Matthew 23, 23, as well as Malachi 3, verse 6, 6 to 12. So Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty 
and your vats will be bursting with vine. This concept that whenever you get wealth or money, you put God first. You don't put everything else first and then you kind of slot God in. You put God first when it comes to wealth. And he says, if you do that, your barns will be plenty and your vats will be bursting with, with wine. One of the things that we do here at Beacon Church is we encourage people to bring their tithe to honor God. Anytime that somebody is used by God to be a blessing to them, or whether it's through their employment, that we honor God with our tithe. Tithe simply means 10%. One day Jesus was having this conversation and he had to clarify what that was. So let's read this in Matthew 23 verse 23. He's speaking to some some religious leaders of the day. And Jesus says to, to them, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So in other words, Jesus is not saying that um, you can, he's not saying you can pick and choose. He's saying they're both important. Justice and mercy and faithfulness is important. Just as you think it's important to tithe on the mint and the dill and the cumin. Back in the day, the economy was built around farming. So whenever there'd be fruit from whatever they have put their investment into, they would go and tithe. And even if that meant mint was growing in their garden, they'd take 10% of their mint and bring it to the temple of the Lord and dedicate it as holy because the tithe is holy to the Lord. And some of these people were tithing, but they were neglecting the weightier matters of the Lord just and mercy and faithfulness and Jesus says these you ought to have done without neglecting others now the other thing this thing uh, is showing us or this verse is is teaching us or Jesus is trying to prove is that he says you got to separate mercy and tithing they're not the same mercy and faithfulness and justice and tithing are not the same because sometimes we can say you know what i tithe why because i have mercy on people i look at people who are needy and i help them out every time and then that's okay that's okay. Do that. That's being merciful. That's being kind. That's, that's being faithful. That's okay. But don't try and, 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 and confuse the two and say, because I've been merciful, now I don't need to tithe. No, no. They go hand in hand and you have to honor the Lord. Why? Because the principle of the tithe is not, a cov- it's not something that's found in the old covenant. It predates the law. It starts all the way from Adam and it's found all the way back to the book of Hebrews. And it says, listen, honor God. Now, if you don't do this, it doesn't mean that God is going to be angry with you. It doesn't mean that you're going to be unforgiven now. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are a child of God. But I believe honor is the key that unlocks every door to your life. And I want to encourage you, if you want to see every area of your life flourishing and prospering, honor God. Put God first when it comes to money. It is a principle that works. There are some promises that are given. I believe there are six or seven that are given. Why is it a master key? Watch this in Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 to 12. This is what it says. For I say, I the Lord do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, you are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statues and you have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how do we return to you? Will man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, how have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, 
Watch this. Number one, that there may be food in my house. Thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. Number two, if I will not open up a window of heaven for you and pour out a blessing until there is no more need. Number three, I will rebuke the devourer for you. Number four, it will not destroy the fruits of your soil. Number five, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear. Number six, verse 12, then all the nations will call you blessed. And the next one, and you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. You see, this opens every door to your life. Your fruit, your joy, your delight, your prosperity, how people view you, your relationship, all of this is linked to putting God first. And we can honor God in so many ways. And one of the ways we can put God first is every time we are blessed, we can say to God, God, I want to put you first. You are not second. You will never be third. You will never be fourth in my life. I will put you first in my life because I want to see my life flourishing and prospering in every Every area of my life. It's been 21 years since I've started to minister. I am yet to see somebody say, because I have put God first, my life did not flourish. I have always seen testimony after testimony saying, every time I honor God and I put him first, blessings that I did not even deserve have been chasing me down, hunting me down, hunting my family down. If you are here and you knew and that you know that God has been kind and merciful to you, and when God looked at you, he didn't give you his second best he gave you his best in jesus christ then you ought to also respond and say god you deserve my best and i will put you first in my life honor unlocks the key to everything every good thing in your life we honor god with our wealth secondly we honor god through uh through the way we bring or we relate to people. Let's have a look at uh, some of these verses that's found in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 2 and 3 and then we'll read Hebrews 13 and 17 as well. It says honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. Honor your father and mother in the Lord one version says. Now I do understand that many of you grew up with authority figures that maybe abused you, maybe took advantage of you. And so I want to clarify that the Bible is specifically talking about honoring the people in your world who are part of authority figures in the Lord. And so if somebody is taking advantage of you, run. If somebody is abusing you, Take them to the police. Whatever it is that you need to do to protect yourself, do that. But there are some godly authority figures in the church and in your world that God has placed. And look at verse 3. He says, if you honor them, what will happen? It will be well with you. It's, It's like a blank check. It's not like your finance will be well or your health will be well or your relationship. It will be well with you. It's like a blank check that's given to you to say, make sure when you live in community, if you've got authority figures in your world, make sure you treat them with honor because it is a master key that unlocks the locks to every area of your life. It's a blank check. It will be well with you and you will live long in the land. I, I don't know about you, but I want to have not just a long life. I want to have a long life that's well with me. I want everything to be well with me. And if that's what I want, then that's one of the keys that God encourages us to do or to operate or to act in so that it will be well with us. 
Let's look at the next one. In, and that's found in Psalms chapter 22 and verse 3, as well as Acts 16. Psalm 22 and verse 3 says, Yet you, o, you are holy, you are enthroned on the praises of your people. You see, one of the things we do every time we come together as a church is that we not only honor God with our tithes, we not only honor God with, with showing honor to the people that are leaders in the church and in our world, but we honor God through worship. We honor God through worship. I don't know, how many of you ever, when you were a child, you played the game of musical chairs? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody don't know what musical chairs was? You have no idea. Actually, let's, let, can we have a demo, Mark? Can we play musical chairs? Give me one chair and two volunteers. Media team, have you got some music for us that you can play? You're ready? Who, who's who's going to play for us? You've got two volunteers. Come on, give them a hand. They're going to come and play musical chairs. Husband and wife. You're ready? Well, music's playing, so go. Uh, don't, don't look up there. Don't. One more time, one more time, one more time. Shall we do best of three? Shall we do best of three? Let's see who goes second. There you go. We don't need to do the third one because Kelly is one. Come on, give them a round of applause. That's great. See, there were two people, but there was only one chair. Do you know in your world, there is only one throne and it is taken? His name is Jesus. Now, you can either compete with him or like Stu did, he can, he can let Kelly have the chair. Do you see that? So he was a smart man. Smart man. Wisdom. Let his wife win. It's what you do. Husbands, take note. It's what you do. There's too, too many competing people in your world, too many competing voices, too many competing priorities, too many competing things in your world, but there's only one throne. You can either choose to enthrone Jesus, or you can choose to take that throne yourself. One of the best ways to say, Jesus, you remain on the throne, you are my king, can we put that verse up again? You are my king and nobody else. You can say, God, I am going to enthrone you. I'm going to enthrone you, enthrone you. There's lots of bits in the news nowadays, isn't it, about possibility of Charles and Camilla both becoming king and queen. There's lots of articles on how the coronation, the enthroning is going to happen. For a follower of Jesus Christ, we enthrone Christ as king through our praise, through our praise. We honor God through our praise. We honor God through our worship. There's, there's just one throne in your world, and you can either choose to praise or you can choose not to praise. Either way, God will love you. Either way, you are forgiven. Either way, you are a child of God. But I promise you there are things in your world that are waiting to flourish because they're waiting for you to praise God in spite of the circumstances. They're waiting for you to say, you know what, 
for the first time. I am not going to be ashamed. I'm not going to look at, be self-conscious. I am actually going to come and lift my hands and raise my voice, sing that song. And I am going to praise Jesus because I am going to enthrone Christ. The Bible says he is enthroned on the praises of his people. Another version says he is, he inhabits the praises of his people. Whether you want God to inhabit in your world or be enthroned in your world depends on whether you honor God with your praise. And I know that when we come to church like this and Beacon Church, we love to praise, we love to worship, we love to lift our hands, we love to raise our voices. We know that across this world and across this country, this weekend in football stadiums all across this country and other stadiums all across the world, people were singing and praising and lifting up the voice of many celebrities and sport champions. And and that's great. But we believe that the name of Jesus is bigger than football and tennis and of any celebrity that exists in the world. So we are unashamed of praising him. But can I encourage you to do that on a Monday as well. Do that on a Tuesday. Do that on a Wednesday. Do that on a Thursday. Do that on a Friday. Do that on a Saturday. Do it when you're driving. Do it when you're going to bed. Do it when you're doing the dishes in the kitchen. Do it when you're cooking. Do it whenever because there is just one throne and you can either choose to sit on that throne or you can choose To have Jesus there. Mark, would you bring that chair up? Because there is just one throne in your life. And sometimes there are many things that contribute to to other things taking that throne. Maybe we can read this verse if if the media team are ready. Um, I've got another verse in scripture. I think it's 1 Chronicles chapter 20. And we read this amazing, incredible story. Sorry, first, uh, yeah, First Chronicles chapter 20. Can we see if that's the reference I'm talking about? Where King Jehoshaphat is, is, um, is going into battle. And uh, he doesn't know what to do. And, and his eyes are on God. And, and, and he says, this, this, this king is, is too big for us. We don't know what we're going to do. And, and he's under attack. He's under pressure. He's, he's absolutely just gutted that there is so much pressure. And you see, sometimes pressure takes the seat. What am I going to do? Worry takes the seat. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Concern takes the seat. I'm too weak. I'm not qualified. I'm not good enough. I'm too small. I'm not educated. What if I fail? King Jehoshaphat, he was leading this entire nation. And everybody began to be afraid and panic. And and the Bible says after he prayed, he, he appointed some people and he said, let's just sing. And they began to sing and he said, give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. And the Bible says this, as soon as they began to sing, God intervened. And his enemies were scattered. Why? Because they enthroned him through praise. They, they, they let worry move out of the way so God 
could have his way. There's another story in the book of Acts chapter 16 where it talks about Paul and Silas. They're being thrown into prison for no No crime. About midnight, the Bible says, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately, how many doors? All the doors were opened. All the doors. Not some of the doors. Not most of the doors. But all of the doors were open. And everyone's bonds were unfastened. Do you see them praying in that story? No. Do you see them crying in that story? No. I'm sure they prayed. But the Bible says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were open, And everyone's bonds were unfastened. You see, praise has the ability not just to open your prison door. It has the ability to open the prison doors of those in your influence. There are sometimes I'm so tired that I can't pray. There's sometimes I'm so tired that I can't praise. And what I do is I get on the phone with a friend and I say, man, I'm so tired. But would you just praise the Lord? I'll listen in. And my friends will say, that's fine. So just stay. Some some of my friends will say, just go to bed. Just, Just lie down. Put the phone next to your ear. And I'll just put it on speakerphone and lie down because I'm so exhausted. I can't even pray or read the Bible or praise. But in the presence of praise, God is enthroned. In the presence of praise, God feels at home. In the presence of praise, he takes his rightful place and prison doors of not just the prison that Paul and Silas was in, The Bible says all of the doors were opened. All of the doors were opened. I wonder whether sometimes the reason you've had your breakthrough is not really because you've praised, but you've been in an atmosphere, you've been in an environment where other people have been praising. That's why it's so important to invest your time to be here on a Sunday. Why? Because you may not necessarily have the faith. You may not be feeling on top of the world. Some of you have enjoyed blessings of God because you've come here and you've not really praised. You've not really given God your best. You've not really lifted your hands. You've been self-conscious. You've been worried. You don't want to lift your voice in case what people think. It's not my personality. It's not my type. I don't want to do that. But just because you're in an environment, there are few people in this room that are unashamed of praising God. They're unashamed of lifting their voice. They're unashamed of enthroning God as king because they just have to look at their lives and see where God has brought them from and they know if it was not for God on their side they would not have made it and so when an opportunity comes to praise God when an opportunity comes to lift his name when an opportunity comes to honor God with praise they give it their very best I promise you just because you are in the environment of somebody that is enthroning Jesus there are chains and prison doors in your life that will begin to break because praise is a powerful weapon and it's not just powerful for your life it's powerful for the environment around you that's why i love hanging around people who praise god above 
the strength of their prison doors. They, they exalt God above the strength of the chains that have bonded them. It's not because these guys were in a comfortable place and, and they, were, they, were, they were actually before that they, they, were, even, they were even beaten and they were whipped and they, there was probably wounds on their body. It was not that there was music playing there. It was not that it was all perfect and hunky-dory but the Bible says they started to sing hymns to God. There is something about magnifying and honoring God that puts him on the throne and says, listen, I will not exalt your name above the name of the chains that bind me. I will not exalt your name above the names of the prison doors that have shut me in. I will not exalt your name above the names of the things that have caused me to be limited and stagnant in my life. Whatever happens, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continuously be upon my lips. And if you do that, chains can be broken. Prison doors can open. And there is something about the honor of God. Through your words, through your praise, through your songs. That puts him on the throne. He inhabits. He feels at home. He's enthroned. On the praises of his people. Honor. When you honor God, when you honor God with your wealth, when you honor God and how you treat people, when you honor God with how you worship, it's a master key. Immediately, all the doors were opened. Not some of the doors. All the doors were opened. And not some people's, not most people's. Everyone's bonds were unfastened. I wonder what could happen in your world If you practiced the key of honor, the key of honor, every time you have wealth in your world, honor God. Every time you are encountering somebody who has been placed in authority over you, you honor them. Not just with your word, with your life and how you follow them and how you respond to instruction, you honor. You don't have to. But in 21 years, I have never seen anyone say, because I practiced the key of honor, My life has not changed. I promise you it will change and it will transform your life. Today we have an opportunity to say, God, I want to choose to apply this key in my life. Like I said, these are keys that are not just applicable on a Sunday. These are keys that are applicable in every aspect and area of our lives. And today we're going to do that. We're going to practice honor. And for some of you, you need to make a decision to begin to tithe. And some of you, you need to tithe again because you're regularly doing it. But bring the reverence back to it and say, God, this is me saying you are first. You will never be second in my life. You are first. You will always be first. Some of you who have had bad experiences with ungodly leadership in your world, you are bringing that into your current world and you're saying, no, I've been hurt before so I will not honor. I'm telling you the only person that is losing out or missing out is not them, it's you. So you can choose today to honor or you can choose to dishonor. Or you can choose your worry, your neglect, your pain, your unbelief, unanswered prayers, feeling disqualified, discouraged, you can choose all of that to take the throne. Or like we read in Psalms 22, you can enthrone him through your praise. 
enthrone God through your praise. He inhabits. He takes a seat. He comes down into prisons in an atmosphere of praise. Which is it that you want? I know how I want to live. I want to live a life where I will always put God in my money. With my money. I want to live a life where I always honor godly leadership that God has set above me. I want to live a life where no matter how I feel, no matter how many chains have bound me, no matter how many prison doors have shut me in, I make a decision to praise. I've heard people say, I don't lift my hands because I'm waiting for the Spirit to prompt me. I don't really speak in tongues because I'm waiting for the Spirit to prompt me. I don't even, I don't praise because I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to prompt me. That's like a husband and a wife relationship. And the husband says to the wife, well, I'll buy her dinner when she prompts me. I buy her a rose when she prompts me. I'll tell her I love her when she prompts me. That's not how relationships work, my friend. That's how robots work. That's not how relationship works. A relationships works. A relationships work when there is not prompting, but there is an inner desire to say, whether God says it or not, he's worthy of my praise. Whether God says it or not, he's worthy of my tithe. Whether God says it or not, he's worthy of me showing honor to leaders. Whether God says it or not, he's worthy of my praise. When I'm in chains and prison doors, I will make sure he's enthroned on my praise. How many want to live that way? How many of you want to use that as a master key in your life? I promise you, your life will never be the same again. For a moment of concentration and privacy, will you close your eyes? We're going to pray. And some of you need to make a decision today and say, God, I'm going to decide to use this key in my life. I'm going to use this principle in my world. I'm going to make sure that God is first. Those of you who are regularly used to the practice of tithing for putting by putting God first in the way income comes in your world and you know that you put him first, you honor him with your tithe. Why don't you take a decision right now? Make take make take a prayer. Take a make a moment to to pray. Take a moment to talk to God and say, God, I renew my commitment to put you first. I renew my commitment to honor you. Why don't we take a few moments to thank Him that you've got clothes to wear? Come on, do it. Don't take that for granted. There are people in the world who don't have that. That you've got a home to live in. Come on, tell Him. Say thank you. Jesus said, don't confuse mercy and the tithe. The two are different. Mercy ought to be done without leaving the tithe undone. Why? Because tithing is not giving to God. It's returning to God what's already his. Mercy is when you, out of the love and the compassion of your heart, help people who are in need. And that needs to be done too. Today, maybe you are in a place where you're confused with the two. And you say, I don't really need to tithe because I, because I help people in need. I help people who are struggling, who are poor, and that's okay. Mercy needs to be practiced. But let's practice honoring God today. Some of you need to renew your commitment to do that. Why don't you just talk to God? Thank you, Jesus. Father, today I pray that the fire of God will fall on every commitment. The fire of God will fall on every sacrifice. The fire of God will fall on every person that says yes to putting you first. And some of you may be here and you say, man, I have never done that. I feel so much under pressure. You see, God doesn't want you to live and act out of pressure. 
Ask God to give you the faith and the revelation to tithe. Don't do it because you're afraid. Do it because you love. Don't do it because I said it. Do it because you love Jesus. Don't do it because it's written somewhere. Do it because you you have a personal revelation that it is one of the love languages of God that you honor God with your tithe. And some of you have never done that before, but you need to start putting God first. Why don't you say, Holy Spirit, talk to me. Give me the faith and the confidence to do that. This I know, wherever there is sacrifice, wherever there is obedience, wherever there is surrender, God's favor is released in every area of your life. Thank you, Jesus, for the decisions that are being made this morning. Some of you need to decide today that you will have a fresh honor for those who are in godly authority in your life. I'm not talking about ungodly authority. I'm talking about godly authority. Whatever that is, godly authority. Say, Lord, I will not be familiar. I will not take it for granted. I will bring my submission and my obedience to godly authority in my world. Some of you need to make a fresh commitment today to honor him. Because when you do that, it will be well with you. It is a blank check. It will be well with you. It'll be well with you. Father, I pray for every person that's making that decision. I pray in Jesus' name that they will be blessed in every aspect and area of their life. And finally, some of you need to make a decision to praise God, to honor God, to put Him first. I wonder if for a moment you can think about your own chains, your your own prison doors, your own places that have bound you, and you think, gosh... I am in prison for no fault of my own. Paul and Silas were in prison not because they made any mistakes. They were in prison because they made no mistake. All they did was to talk, tell people about Jesus and they were put in prison because of that. But today you will take a decision to say, in spite of my chains, in spite of my prison doors, I will praise him. I will praise him. Make a decision to enthrone him. There is only one throne in your life. And you can either enthrone Christ there or you can allow other things to be enthroned. Come on. Praise him through the worry. Praise him through the unbelief. Praise him when you don't feel like it. It's, it's the best way to praise him. The best moment to praise him is when you don't feel like it. The best moment to praise him is when you don't feel like it. Because that is your flesh standing in the way and saying, I don't feel like it. We don't praise because we feel. We praise because Jesus is worthy. We don't praise because we feel. We praise because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has to be enthroned on our lives. So right now, in one, two, when I counted three all over this place, I wonder if you can release praise right now. From your lips, those of you who have the gift of speaking in other languages and praising God through the gift of tongues, why don't you do that? Let's praise God today. And I want you to take a moment to especially remember your chains, especially remember the prison doors. And in spite of them, I wonder if across this room we can release wave after wave of praise. Are we ready? Let's go. One, two, three. Let's praise Jesus all over this place in spite of the chains, in spite of the prison doors, in spite of what you're going through. Don't be conscious of who's around you. Don't be conscious of who is next to you. Don't be conscious of who is beside you. Praise Him. 
he is worthy of it enthrone him there is only one throne and it is taken put jesus there on that throne put jesus on that throne put jesus on that throne put jesus on the throne put jesus on the throne lord we honor you let every prison door be open right now in jesus name let the chains be broken right now in jesus name let the atmosphere of breakthrough come into this house in jesus name lord we praise you some of us are going through pain but we praise you anyway some of us are confused but we praise you anyway some of us are tired but we praise you anyway some of us are lonely but we praise you anyway some of us have been waiting for a long time for answered prayers but we praise you anyway some of us are, are confused why you have not come through at a time when we thought you would come through but we praise you anyway we praise you not because we feel like it we praise you because jesus is worthy we praise you because your hands were nailed we praise you because your feet were nailed we praise you because your back was whipped we praise you because your beard was plugged we praise you because there was a crown of thorns driven into your skull we praise you because you were stripped naked and you were not ashamed to give us your best so we give you our best we give you our praise we give give you our honor we give you our worship we give you our adoration we say you are worthy you are worthy and you are worthy of our praise you are worthy you are worthy you are worthy jesus you are worthy you are worthy you are worthy you are worthy lord You are worthy, O Lord. Worthy of every praise. Worthy of all our honor. Worthy of all our adoration. Worthy of all the glory. Worthy of all the respect. Worthy of all the gratitude. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. We enthrone you on our praises. 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 For the on account of our praise. If there are prison doors that need to be opened today, we command every prison door that needs to be opened, open now in Jesus name. Open now in Jesus name. Open, 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 open in Jesus name. Open in Jesus name. Open in Jesus name. If there are chains that need to be broken. If there are chains that need to be loosed. If there are chains that need to be untied, chains of addiction, chains of depression, chains of oppression, chains of unbelief, chains of diseases, chains of mental illness, chains of the past, chains of the present, chains of the future, we dare to believe through the enthroning of Jesus through our praise, let the chains break. Let the chains break. Let the chains break. Let the chains break in Jesus name. let it break let it break let it break let it break jesus we honor you we honor you you are worthy of being first you are worthy of being first 
Our mind may not like it. Our emotions may not like it. Our flesh may not like it. Our temperament may not like it. Our personality may not like it. But in Beacon Church, Lord, you are first. You will always be first. Tradition will not be first. Familiarity will not be first. Our preferences will not be first. Our desires and wants will not be first. You will be first. You will be first. You will be first. You will be first in our spirit. You will be first in our mind. You'll be first in our emotions. You will be first in everything that we do. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Come on, for a couple of minutes, give him your undivided attention. Your undivided attention. And give him your praise. Tell him that you honor him. opportunity for those who have never given their life to Jesus to put your 